Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hello, welcome to this episode of Impact the World, where my guests are Jonathan Goldman and his wife, Andy Goldman. These two are a complete delight. I got to meet them last December when they invited me to be a guest on their radio show. And not only are they a lovely couple who work together, they also are incredible pioneers in the field of sound and sound healing. So Jonathan has been working in music and sound for over four decades now. And he tells a story about how back in 1982, he was one who was able to rebirth and name the Sound Healers Association. And Andy is a licensed psychotherapist who when she met Jonathan 26 years ago, she became completely captivated by sound and moved from her already successful career in therapy uh, started working more with him and creating the books that they have created, the audio, the, the live events, the online events. So it was a real delight to speak to these two wonderful beings about everything that they've been doing. But also this is a very interesting time in the world because sound healing is becoming more mainstream. You, you start to hear about it more, you see it more, it's happening. And so to get to speak to people who've been holding that flame for the last four decades was really special. To find out more about Jonathan and Andy's work, you can go to healingsounds.com. And as ever, we will put all links in the show notes. And if you are a supporter or a fan of this show, we are an independent show. So it means the world to us and really helps us reach other listeners and viewers. If when watching this on YouTube, you subscribe to the channel and then you'll never miss an episode. Or if you're listening over on Apple Podcasts, if you could subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating or a review, that helps us out enormously. So thank you for doing that. But for today, here is our episode with Jonathan and Andy Goldman. Enjoy. Jonathan, Andy, this is a delight. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Oh, and Lee, thank you so much for inviting us. We were looking very forward to this. It is a blessing to be here, and thank you for allowing us to have this opportunity with you. Thank you. Well, you know, it's so funny. I was thinking about this this morning before knowing I was going to be speaking to you both this afternoon, and I loved coming on your show, which I think was last December, so about nine nine months ago, and it was really nice to meet you both in person, but... I think I must have first heard your name and your work, Jonathan, around about 2006. And you really are an, an incredible pioneer in our field of sound healing where recorded music is concerned. Because, you know, we're still in a fairly new era around recorded music being on the planet in this way. And you were one of the few names that was there, I think even earlier than that, probably when I started my spiritual journey about 25 years ago or so. So thank you for all that you have done. And thank you for your, your beautifully cosmic ancient voice. I kind of love how your voice has this 
multi-dimensionality to it and it can one minute be in the stars and the next minute be under the earth and um so i i really salute you for all of your work and as a pair i know that you have both worked very passionately to support and honor sound healing on the planet so thank you for doing everything you've done and um i was excited to get to talk to you about it all today oh what a blessing lee and Lee, thank you for everything that you've done because you have brought so much beautiful, inspirational, just very great information to people uh, that we, we've watched some of yours. And it's mm. really been very enlightening, I will say. Thank you. Well, when, when did you two start working together? Because when I first met you both last year, Andy, I, I, I wasn't as familiar with your work or your work in partnership because it was something I, that was newer to me. So I'm curious how that, how that started for both of you. Well, as a matter of fact, Lee, let's see, this is the 29th of September. Two days ago, we celebrated our 21st wedding anniversary. Wow. And we had been together five years prior to that. So we've been working together for about 25, 26 years. And my background is in psychotherapy, a holistic psychotherapist. And so it wasn't until probably when we did our first book together, Chakra Frequencies, that we had decided how can we combine Jonathan's pioneering work with sound and my background as a holistic psychotherapist. And so we wrote Chakra Frequencies, which uh, won the best uh, alternative healing book of the year in 2006. So that was the same oh, year. Right. And uh, yeah. I'm going I'm I'm to toot Andy's horn for a minute because a lot of people don't know, but Leah, I know you'll appreciate this, that before I met her, when I was if you like, beginning to pioneer the field of sound healing, Andy was actually involved in pioneering the field of, for want of a better term, telephone counseling, which mm -hmm. then became coaching. So if you like, Andy in the early 1990s had telecounsel, which was written up in the New York Times and all these other things. And basically she's the godmother of uh, coaching because what you would do would be talk to, you know, inbound or, a, you know, a house oriented people and all that stuff. And so on a level, because the voice and our ears are so akin to being able to send stuff. Most people can't do it, but Andy could do it over mm. the phone. I went, whoa, what an incredible being. Well, thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> and and what had happened, Lee, is that I had started telecounsel and I was doing ongoing therapy via the telephone, but that was in the late 80s, early 90s, and no one had been actually doing that. But mm. then what happened, other therapists started hearing about it, and then I started doing consultations, basically, with other therapists so that they could then start their own telephone counseling service. And so one thing led to another. And the next thing I knew, there was this whole field of coaching going on. But by that time, I had started really working closely with Jonathan and in the field of sound, which was a really natural sort yeah. of progression because the work that I did was utilized a lot of expressive therapies in my practice. And 
I mean, sound is the most experiential therapy ever. And, so yeah, it was really I mean, nice. Andy was actually working with a, a dear friend of mine. She had been friends with him for years before uh, in Japan. And he, he, he's the reason I actually moved to Boulder separately from Andy. His name was Don Campbell, the fellow responsible for the Mozart effect. And uh, oh. he passed on. But anybody interested in sound really needs to be aware of the groundbreaking work that Don Campbell mm -hmm. did. And um, it still ripples onward. And it's uh, it's so very, very important. It's an incredible book. I think I read it when I was about 22. So I read it about 20 something, about 20 ish years ago. I think I remember it was, yeah, I was in my early 20s anyway. And um, I and it was an incredible book. And and interestingly for me, that was one of the beginnings of understanding the power of sound and music beyond the perhaps uninvestigated relationship I had with my love of music. Like I think most of us do, you know, we love a song, we love an album, we love an artist, but it was the first time I started to really investigate the, the healing power of it and what, what it was actually doing to us. And that book was a huge gateway for me. Oh. I have another book for you. I'm just mentioning this because also on Monday, which was, uh, our anniversary. Also, I had to get to my uh, publisher, Inner Traditions, the new addendum to my the 30th anniversary edition of Healing Sounds, which was initially published in 1992. And if you haven't read that one, my friend, you're in for a treat because there's more information. I re recently reread it. There was more information that I had forgotten that's in the book than uh, I know now. So it, it it was a really cool thing. That's 30 years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to get that book. I'm going to get that book. Thank you. Oh. Heal, healing Sound. It's in the mail yeah. to you. And oh, thank you. And that when we send your CDs, Lee. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. The interesting thing is that all of a sudden we went, my gosh, that book was written in 1992. The information in it was way ahead of its time. And we contacted our publisher and Lo and behold, everything is now in motion to then now do a reissuing of a 30-year anniversary edition of Healing Sounds. It's pretty so interesting. We're very excited about that. You know what I, you know, isn't it great how synchronicity works? Just in the last few months, um, I've been having lots of conversations about sound healing as a force in the world. And I mean, about a year ago, I was talking with a friend and I just was going, this is, this is going to be much more mainstream and especially five to 10 years from now, it's going to be very, very different. So I love that, you know, here you two are, what is it like to be sitting here now 30 years later with something that you felt compelled to do all of this time and has been your life's work? It's similar to you describing the telephone counseling. So, you know, I use the word pioneer because that's what both of you have been. And I think it's a word that we often use as an accolade, but I'm, I'm interested in that word as an experience for you two. What's it like to have lit this fire that you felt to light, but then to really watch it spread and suddenly see, oh, here we are, and there's now lots of us who are holding this this torch. Well, Lee, I'd like to say that it was unexpected, but it wasn't. If I could say that I was encoded with the power to seed the importance of sound as a healing modality onto this planet, uh, from sources that uh, 
if you're tapping in, you can see that it's real and I'm not making this up. And um, so I was basically and have been basically aware and waiting for this. My only trouble is I probably was expecting this to happen in the <laughs> late 1990s, early 2000s, and it didn't. So it's taken so long, but I, but it's wonderful. And if you like, these are my blessed children that have manifested and are taking this for the level and using it as they best seem fit. And it's a, what a blessing. Well, and I just want to say that we are actually overjoyed, Lee, at the way in which sound has just started rippling through our planet. And people are talking about frequencies and they're talking about sound and sound healing. And we always said, I mean, even 10 or 15, 20, you know, someday sound is going to be as well known as yoga is. You know how there's a yoga studio on every corner. Someday that will be sound. And that was always a vision that we had. And it took a while to get here, but I think it's right. It's, it's, it's happening. Very close. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. you know, yeah. What a delight. It's, you know? it's great. It's great. And, you know, similar. I mean, it's not quite the same in terms of prominence, but channeling was something that when I first came out as a public channeler 17 years ago, you know, I was mildly horrified I was doing it because it was so niche and so weird. And, uh, and now it's like, oh, you know, it's kind of like people are less phased by it, particularly younger people, I think. I, I just, it's just that, you know, they're growing up with it as part of part of their world. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's fascinating to watch it grow, but maybe we can go all the way back. So, Jonathan, I'd love to ask you this question. What was music and sound to Jonathan the child? Like, what was your relationship to music in your early years? I'm going to actually uh, take it up a few years because uh, this is a story, and it's a pretty good story. <laughs> and it's uh, not back when I was a child, which is... Back in my the, my childhood was in the 1950s and the 60s, perhaps the Beatles coming out, etc. That's why I learned to play guitar. But here we go, and it is probably mm, 1979. It's 1979. I am playing in a seaside bar in Marshfield, Massachusetts, which is on Cape Cod. I strap on my Stratocaster walk up to the microphone from a break with the rest of the band, start playing, and all of a sudden I look out at the audience and I become aware that the ambiance of the audience is one of negativity and violence. Now, the alcohol and the other intoxicants that people were imbibing in was certainly contributing to that, but the music that I was creating at the time, I realized was also contributing to it. And... Um, this is not at all any sort of denigration about uh, rock and roll, but as perhaps we'll talk about later, it's the intention of the music and what is it, what is the purpose. And at the time, it was, shall we say, not of, not of the highest level. And all of a sudden, I had the thought, Lee, as I looked out, I realized the music was helping create this ambience. And I had the thought, what if music can be used to make people feel better? I've been playing professionally since I was... 15 years before, I beat Bruce Springsteen out in a battle of bands when I was 16 years old. So, you know, for uh, that, that was my, if you like, heart and energy was, you know, doing the whole rock and roll gambit. And all of a sudden I had this thought. And it was like the light of God struck me on stage. 
And within about a week, that thought shifted. It wasn't 180 degrees, maybe five, seven degrees, and it became what if sound can be used to heal? And all of a sudden, doors opened. I met this extraordinary being. I was handed a uh, workshop flyer on using sound music for healing, taught by a woman named Sarah Benson, who's since, well, she passed on, but she was Andy, my great, great oh. mentor. Mm. And uh, I had this experience where I was put in the middle of a circle, held a quartz crystal, kind of like this one. I was holding a crystal. <laughs> they were chanting my name. And I went out of my body. I went into this amethyst pyramid. And the light was coming down. And I opened my eyes and I came back and went, wow, I have to find out more about this, the crystal, and I have to more find out more about sound. And that was my initial uh, being struck by the light of God experience. Did you have any frame of reference for, you know, what was your frame of reference at that point for the idea of music that could heal or healing? Like, were you already spiritually searching, seeking, learning? No. I mean, I've, I've always been interested in the esoteric, whether it's UFOs mm -hmm. or Bigfoot or whatnot. Since I was a kid, I was just a very unique individual with a kind of uh, open mind at all sorts of things. But at the same time, I come from a family of doctors, father, grandfather, brother, all medical doctors. So you have to understand that the concept of energy medicine or alternative healing was, it didn't fall into the parameters of my consciousness until all of a sudden I had these experiences and went, wow, there is more to life. Because once again, I was, you know, really into being the, uh, uh, rock and roll uh, phenomena and not uh, the uh, sound healing uh, manifester. We have different yeah. choices in life, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and how about for you, Andy? How did how did sound and music first kind of click for you? Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, mentioning that my background is, you know, is as a, was as a holistic psychotherapist. I'm no longer practicing because I'm devoted to the world of sound healing. And yet at the same time, I, from an early, early age, from my really early 20s, I was very involved in metaphysical areas. I had a a spiritual emergence when I was 22. And so I was very open to many of the alternative modalities of the world, of life. And so interestingly, because of my relationship with Don Campbell, who was just a very dear friend, and I, he and I studied astrology together yeah. in Japan, by the way. I lived there for several years. And so when he, you know, through him, I got very involved in the world of sound. And he would invite me to all of his workshops and all of that. And, and he was just a dear, dear brother. And that was when I met Jonathan through Don. And all of a sudden, I went, wait a minute. I've got to learn more about sound because all of a sudden this world is opening up to me. And it was a world that 
I wasn't all that familiar with. Of course, I love music. And I, at that point, did not play a musical instrument. Now I play the harp. She's but, an angel. <laughs> but it was like I went, okay, spirit, something's going on here. I need to really open myself up to the world of sound. And, of course, here I am with this what I like to now call Jonathan a founding pioneer in the field, and uh, and then my good buddy brother Don, and so I just said, "Okay, I'm yours," <laughs> and that was pretty much my opening in my journey into sound as a healing modality, mm-hmm. and one that I am extremely grateful for, and just feel like it has changed my life on so many levels. And um, I'm grateful. So me too. Me too. (laughs) Fantastic. You have a very musical speaking voice, Andy. It's it's lovely. It's really it's it's interesting. I'm like, oh, such musicality in your in your in your in your musicality and range of frequencies in your speaking voice. It's lovely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. So one thing that I know you you have both been passionate about bringing to the world you know you've you've been creating world sound healing day it's just one of many uh things that you have done to try and i think bring people together not just audiences around sound healing but but also practitioners and so uh, at what at what point did you start to recognize there was a calling inside you to try and help help the movement itself and not just create your own work Interesting. Uh, the great question. I'd almost say that I almost from get go was into promoting other people rather than myself. I founded, for example, the Sound Healers Association back in 1982, which had monthly meetings with people who are at the time the leaders throughout the planet in sound healing. And I wanted to promote and share that information. And I had a record company, Spirit Music, which was a rock and roll label. And the only thing I didn't have to change about Spirit Music, I changed the genre. It went from rock and roll to being one of the first therapeutic music labels, but I didn't have to change the name. name. (laughs) And um, on there, Don Campbell was the first artist on uh, the Spirit Music label. Another fellow by the name of Sam McClellan, who brilliant fellow who did, did this incredible music of the five elements that worked with the five elements of uh, mm. acupuncture and he had nice. created a system and unfortunately he didn't have the whatever it was to continue to be out there because part of well you know uh part of my whole realm is that i have also felt that in order to enhance the world of sound healing i had to really get out there myself and in fact i was in the Boston area, and I was with somebody who's very well known at the time. And I said, what can I do to make sound healing more well known? They said, what you can do is make yourself well known. Mm. So I was I had been afraid of putting out any albums or anything like that. And I began putting out albums. And then of course, uh, other stuff. So if you like, I've always been there to support and empower and help other people rather, rather than look at me, I think it's got to be hear us or listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And so in 1982, when you started the Sound Healers Association, 
how 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 easy was it to to bring people in you know and, and i'm i'm just wondering like what was the response back then especially 40 years ago uh when you know people what's the sound healers association i bet there was a lot of explaining that you had to do to certain people well what was very very interesting is that 82 there was a little bit of a renaissance of a lot of things that were going on back then um and so it was actually just having, if you like, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this because it's another fascinating story, but I, I don't want to go there. But the <laughs> fact is that the Sound Healers Association wanted to happen. I was brought by Sarah Benson to a meeting of people involved in using sound music for healing who at the time were very well known. I was in heaven. This is great. Fabulous. I love this. They said, well, it's our last meeting. I said, no, it can't be. They said, it's our last meeting. We, we, we don't have anybody who wants to take it over. And I was a new kid in the block. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And the first thing that I did was I gave it a name. And I called it the Sound Healers Association. I don't even know if the word sound healing had been used then because it had been music and sound uh, uh, group is what they called it. And from there, literally, as soon as word got out there, it was the morphic field, the energy field just went out there. I had people from France, Germany, England calling up, wanting to come to the United States to present at this thing, uh, you know, at this group, which used to take place at my house. And then we would present a workshop from these people. So I had an incredible background of learning from the great masters of the time. And it grew and it grew and it grew. And at the time also there was no competition so that there was somebody who had a group in California, and they said, I don't want to keep this anymore. Here's my mailing list. And mm. we would record all of these meetings, and they're now available on the Sound Healers website. But it's just a phenomenon. And now there are all sorts of different, I was just looking, there are all sorts of different sound groups. There's all sorts of different schools of sound. We had, did the first school of sound back in Boston, back in 1986, which was a 12 week uh, program. And it was incredible. Um, I'm talking too much. Let me uh, get a little bit more to Andy. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it's great. You know what? What I just was so amazed at, just even hearing you tell this story just now, is that oh my gosh, that was way back before we had the internet, before mm. we had emails, before anybody could you know have this instant communication, and so the very fact that the Sound Healers Association was able to become what it was. And I remember when I first met Jonathan, which would have been in 95, I think, 1995, and he was at that time putting together a directory of the Sound Healers Association, a directory of all the people who over those years from 82 until, you know, 95, who were members, but it was all done very laboriously, you know, through, you know, the typewriters and then taking it over to the, what are the Kinkos, Kinkos of the day? Right, right. <laughs> and doing a self-published book. That, you know, anyway, that was, yeah, that was Yeah, impressive. so I, so it's amazing. And of course, now with so much instant communication and just being able to get the word out about sound, right. now it's like, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, speaking of now, I know we're speaking five days after your latest album has just been released Uh on and I and I, I found it there on Apple Music this morning. I have a subscription, 
And um, I, I'm, I'm wondering, because I, I, I've, I've now heard your work from over a 30-year span, I'm wondering what the process of recording is like for you now, especially given the technology we have that we can use at home. And um, I, I'm imagining that part has got easier. But I think actually my bigger question and my interest is for you, Jonathan, what, it, what is the process for you with, with creating and recording the music? How, how does that take place for you? The bottom line, I've got to be really spiritually guided and I will tell you as a truth, I will oftentimes listen to recordings of mine and sit there scratching my head and I'll be clueless about what I did and how I did it. It was as though beings came through me and I have actually had experiences uh, working with even analog uh, you know, equipment where I was working with a dear friend of mine uh, who is a very well on psychic whatnot and we were just sitting there and we went to do the mixers and the mixers started walking up and down by themselves and we just looked at each other and we laughed we didn't freak we laughed and thought okay there's somebody else here so i think there's somebody else here a lot of the time when it's supposed to happen does that make any sense oh completely absolutely and 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 for you is it is it that you feel that you get taken to the recording equipment or is it that Jonathan says, I think I'm ready to do some recordings and you go to the equipment and then something comes through or is it a bit of both? I think I enter an altered, altered state and then what manifests, I mean, there are times, some of the recordings on sounds of light, I found, I don't know where they came from or what they came from. I thought these are really cool and I don't remember making them. But you made them. But I made them. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not as though I disassociate, but I do think that certain times it's like energy comes through me and things that shouldn't happen, happen. If you knew the equipment I was using, you'd go, what? Because I'm using equipment that is so archaic and out, uh, um, <laughs> no longer exists on any other platform, and it still works for me. Brilliant. Well, and, and it, it's funny because I, the th I think one of the things I've always loved music for as a listener and, and now as a creator of music this past 20 or so years, to me, there is something that's magic about music. It, it is a very ephemeral thing. And sure, we can break it down to mathematics and structures if we want to, but it is this, it's like you capture... It's lightning in a bottle in a way, this, this, this sound that's like a cloud that when you press play, it moves into the room and when it ends, it's gone. So, so I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. That, that's, that makes sense to me. Two things, Lee. I think, first of all, you'll find that if you examine way back when, a lot of the uh, magicians on the planet were also musicians and they knew how to use sound as a basic creational sacred force for healing or whatever you wanted. And also... Well, I just lost the second one. <laughs> well, here, I'll jump in and help you, honey. <laughs> so I just wanted to, this is kind of a fun little uh, anecdote, but Jonathan, I call him the mad creator. And he is a, he's always creating, Lee. And he will come down here. We're in our studio right now, but he will come down in the studio because he will just be inspired for whatever reason to just come to the studio and I will not see him for hours and hours and hours. And he creates the most, I go, 
How did you do that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought, so, of, I thought of where I was going. A really important thing, there are two aspects of sound, and Andy likes to talk about this one, but I'm just gonna do this right now. Oh. First is the frequency oh, or the actual sound, but the second is the intentionality or the consciousness that we put onto the sound. And this is now finally, after so many years, getting to be accepted. But I mean, I've seen you talk about the power of words and all that stuff. It's the tonality and all that stuff, but it's also the energy, the intention that we put on any sound. And once people are able to realize that, everything will change. Well, and then I can jump in because Jonathan created a formula way, way back in 1982-ish, and it was frequency plus intent equals healing. Hmm. And that is what I truly believe in, which I feel most people now who work with intention, it is the intention that is coupled with the sound that then, you know, manifests the healing or whatever the outcome is that one desires. But intention is so vital to whatever we're creating. And we're talking about music. And Jonathan always puts the intention of love, I have to say, in all of his music. And mm. that was one of the things that really astounded me from the very beginning was the love that he put into his music, so. And our dear friend, Sarah Benson, when we were doing the Sound Healers Association, her husband did a logo for us, and it was wonderful. And it was a mm. heart with a harp in the middle and said, the true sound of healing is love. And I said, oh, that is so corny, we can't use that. I love it so much now. <laughs> 40 years later, I love it so much now. That's so great, and you're playing the harp now. Right, right, right. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> All come full circle. Well, how do you two enjoy working together? Because I got to meet you as a couple on your radio show last year. And uh, yeah, how do you enjoy that? Because I, I think, you know, both of you had work and careers and lives before you met each other 26 years ago. But you're clearly um, so intertwined in, in your lives and also aspects of your work now. How How is that for you two? Well, what we always say is, thank you, thank you, thank you. We feel very blessed. Oh, it's such a blessing. And, oh and, and we feel very, we feel a lot of gratitude that somehow we were brought together. And it's almost like I always sort of chuckle and go, yeah, we're on assignment here. Yeah. <laughs> We're on assignment. And and so working together, it's it's interesting because we have different strengths and different weaknesses. And so we, you know, th they're very synergistically compatible. And I'm very organized and very much of a Virgo. She grounds me. <laughs> uh-huh. And Jonathan's very much of a Sag and out there. And so there's a lot of compatibility. And uh, yeah, so... Yeah. I'm talking and too it, much it, now. Just for <laughs> anybody who's watching, listening, or ever, I just want you to know that this is possible. And I know that you know that this is possible. Yeah. The, the importance and power of relationship. It's a one plus one equals three phenomena. And how cool is that? And uh, 
I've often thought we're not going to, but you know, t- talking about relationship, and you know, we actually did write a, a book on using sound to enhance relationship. But you know, on another level, it may, you know, but, well, that's a whole another discussion of you know how you know can a successful relationship occur, and there are a lot of different ways. And I'm not going to get into that one right now, Lee. <laughs> but, but honestly, it's most of the time. I mean, we apps, you know, we're human. We have, you know, all the foibles of being a human, and you know, being in this dimension, et cetera, et cetera. But our major sort of gauge is we want to keep it fun, and we want it to be like a ninety percent good versus the 10% where you've got to really struggle and work, which we've had that too, because of what relationship doesn't. But underneath it all, there's just a deep soul connection that makes it really work. That we're like, we are amazed. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it, it, it's lovely. I, I um, It's funny because Andy, Stephen, my husband, when he, he didn't use the word assignment, but I can't remember what the word was. But when we first met, I think he said, we have business together. And he meant spiritual business and life business. And, and, it, and, it, and it's very true. And just last weekend, he and I, there was, I won't even say there was something we disagreed on even. It wasn't quite that strong. But, but there was something between us that we just needed to kind of realign. Something was said or st- and, and, and it, there was a moment between the two of us that was just slightly, you know, slightly in the, in the air. And it was interesting because we, within 10 minutes, we'd talked about it and, it and that's always our power, communication. And it was the next day I was reflecting on it and I thought to myself, oh, I know what he and I never do to each other. We never reject each other. And I, and it just hit me. And I said that to him and we've both had experiences in relationship where rejecting the other one was a game that we were in, you know, we were in less, I guess we were less mature or, or more, more wounded in certain ways. So we were having to play that out. And it, it was like, it hit me and I was in the shower and I was like, oh, we never reject each other. I've never felt rejected by him. And, um, and he's never felt rejected by me. We've had differences and we've had moments, but it's interesting, isn't it? But it's incredible the partnership journey because what you just shared, you get to you get to bring all, like you said, strengths and weaknesses into one pot, and and you change because of being with that person, and and then it's like a tree, and you just keep growing. It's it's fascinating. I love that metaphor, Lee. It's like a tree, and you just keep growing, and that's really what it feels like. And I have to tell you, thank you for sharing your story that it gave me chills. It was just beautiful. And tell Steve that, yes, we are all on assignment here. <laughs> we are, we are. But you know, everyone is on assignment here. Completely. Every single person on this planet is, you know, with whatever partnerships they're in or they're not in or what, they're on their own special assignment and their own special unique journey and we just happened to have somehow decided maybe before we got here have the good fortune to somehow uh you know make a run of it yeah hey honey yeah that's great so speaking of people in general 
Are there any stories that you can share with us of powerful moments that you've witnessed people having in response to the sound where perhaps they too were surprised? Well, healing moments or, or, or someone coming into the power of feeling the frequency shift that can happen with, with sound healing. That's perhaps another show simply because it's all right. I like to say to people when people are first, you know, exposed to sound and they go, well, you know, I've heard that music can uh, soothe the savage. Actually, it's, it's soothes, soothe the savage breast, not beast. That was done. Victorian times changed that because the uh, breast was too, uh, bodily or whatnot but i go yeah but really if you think about it the new york times quote sound shaped in a dazzling tool can make break or rearrange molecular structure so if you can rearrange molecular structure what conditions can't you conceptually heal with so i have lots of different stories i don't know and I never perceive that it's me, my sound, my music, or whatnot coming through. I think that somehow it's helped facilitate this with the other person, but extraordinary things. Because, Lee, I have had people who are terminal all of a sudden. And one of my great experiences that I just shared just as a thing was 20, 25 years ago, phone rings. I picked it up. It was a woman. She said, can I speak to Jonathan Goldman? I said, yeah. And uh, she said, uh, I just want you to know that I have had, she had some sort of really deep, deep problem. And for 15 years, she had not been able to sleep through the night. Her doctor told her about my very first recording called Dolphin Dreams that I recorded for the birth of our son, Joshua. And um, she then said thank you and she broke out in tears and it was such a heartfelt experience for me to realize that somehow this had you know helped other people so this is you know i have file folders full of stories that people have had and it's just outrageously but all you or you could say is give thanks and we have a, an invocation that we do when we're working with sound and it invo involves the, a being named Shamael, who's the angel of sacred sound, otherwise known as Metatron. Mm. And, you know, we invoke the spirit of Shamael, angel, angel of, of sacred sound. sound. May, May the sound, sound of light surround us. May the light of sound guide us. May sacred sound come through us for the, the harmony of all. all. And I could spend a half hour mm. explaining the importance of those words, but it's really quite true. The sound comes through you, not from you. And a lot of people, when they first go, oh, I can play this and do this and that, and people feel better, aren't I cool? Yeah, and then you grow up. Well, and, and I think, too, that when people really begin to integrate the fact that they're a conduit for sacred sound, it, that it comes through them. And I think when people have experiences that sort of validate that, those are some of those aha moments that we've you know had the privilege of of witnessing you know with some of our students through the years so yeah so it's interesting because as i'm listening to to you guys explain this i'm i'm suddenly struck with a memory of watching 
Adele, the singer-songwriter, performing Someone Like You live at the Royal Albert Hall after that song had gone around the world and there was a a camera panning across the audience and there's so many people like crying, like singing the lyrics with her. So, you know, I think we're, we're culturally used to having this unifying experience through a song. And, and I think that's something we're used to. Oh yeah, this song always makes me cry. That's my story. That's my feeling. That was the song that got me through my divorce. But I was, I, I, I'm, I'm aware that it's, it's a little bit more of a stretch for, 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 for people who've never really played with sound healing yet to, to surrender themselves to something that is perhaps even more primal than a pop song that we've all got used to with lyrics. And so that, that was where I was curious to learn, you know, what, what you've witnessed perhaps with, with people who are surprised by the effect it can have on them. Cause it is true that it's what's happening in their body in response to what you're putting out. That is the, is the thing that creates the impact. And Lee, somehow I really want to bring in our dear friend, the hum. Oh, thank right you. Now. I was just thinking uh, that same thing. <laughs> because while you know, it's my great honor to be able to have created some wonderful music, I think our greatest gift thus far on the planet is the fact that we wrote the first professionally published book on the subject of humming. And this uh, I, thing has been, if you like, uh, bring, yeah. I, may I show it? <laughs> Please do. So the humming effect. Yeah. And, and it's really taken off in a really big yeah. way. And the reason is on a level because we, you know, Lee, I've worked with all sorts of sacred mantras, overtones, Tibetan chants, whatever you have, and it's great. But with teaching people, many of them are going, well, I can't do that. I don't have a voice or, you know, this and that. And so Andy and I one day were thinking, what is a sound? What can we do to ha bring more sound to the people? What is a sound that people will not be intimidated? What, how will they feel? And we looked at each other and we just went, Hmm. <laughs> and this was the inspiration right. that this came from the, that. So. And the hum, if okay. you like, is a sound that is all inclusive because on certain levels, you know, people sometimes, well, I need this instrument, or I need that instrument, or I need this bowl or that. Yeah. And it's, it's then very exclusive because you need to have money or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Everybody can hum. Everybody can have a profoundly deep experience with humming. There are two ways that sound affects us. First is called psychoacoustic sound goes into our ear, into our brain, affects our heartbeat, respiration, nervous system. Second is called vibroacoustic sound goes into our physical body, affecting us on a cellular level, changing us down to a DNA level. And the most powerful sound that we can make vibroacoustically is the hum. Want to play a game for just a second with me, Lee? Yes, please. Unless we, yeah. Okay. I want you to start humming and then pinch your nose. And the only, if you like, thing that we have when you when you hum, you got to have your lips closed because otherwise it's not a hum. It's a, you know, it's not, it's not a hum. A hum is, mm. so hum for a second, pinch your nose. Wow. You can't, <laughs> you can't hum. <laughs> no. Sound is therefore going in you. If your mouth is open, then it starts coming out. But here, uh, and also we say to people, okay, if you didn't know that, a lot of, did you know that? No, I did not know that. 
if you know, uh, so really advanced sound healers. Did you know that? No. I said, okay, if you didn't know that about the hum, do you think there are other things about the hum that possibly we might be able to um, assist you with, i.e. the humming effect? Well, and we do call it conscious humming, and of course, it involves breath, and you know, we have a lot of exercises for humming, and the interesting thing is we thought, okay, how are people going to really take humming seriously? You know what? You can hum. Oh, come on. So our whole first chapter is nothing but peer-reviewed research in all of the many physiological benefits that occur when we're making sound and just, you know, all of the, it's such an in-depth, we were shocked when we really started digging into it. A reduction of heart rate, respiration, brain waves, release of melatonin, release of nitric oxide, uh, oxytocin, oxytocin is released. Uh, I mean, all this stuff happens. It's really therapeutic. The, uh, the nitric oxide is really interesting because it has been found now that nitric oxide, which is not nitrous oxide, which is great in the dentist's office, nitric oxide, mm-hmm. which is different. It's a vasodilator, which means it allows the uh, blood to flow more evenly. And it's also an antiviral agent so mm-hmm. that... Um, We've seen a number of videos lately that we uh, give thanks because, you know, from doctors and whatnot on how to treat sinusitis and other conditions where the critters lodge in your nasal cavity, you go, mm, and you get the release of nitric oxide. How cool is that? Mm. So humming has so many benefits, and we've never heard anybody say, you know, I'm just not a very good hummer. I, I just can't really <laughs> hum. And so, you know, that was really our main, our main uh, desire was to be able to introduce sound to more people who, like you were saying early, just a minute ago, Lee, that didn't really know that much about sound and sound healing and may not be familiar with it. And so humming is something that Everybody, everybody, little babies, elderly, yeah. all in between, everybody hums. And it's, of course, coupled with breathing, mm-hmm. taking nice deep breaths, usually humming on a consistent tone. So zippity-doo-dah, maybe not. Mm-hmm. And then also focusing your intention. What do you want from it? What do you want to manifest? What do you want to visualize? Where do you want the sound to go? I can change, believe it or not, because I'm a, I'm a pretty good hummer. I can change the hum <laughs> from resonating in my head to my uh, chest area, just watch this. And you could probably not hear too much of a difference in tone. Maybe a little bit because when you focus your uh, intention on it, but I moved the sound from here mm. just through the intentionality and I could feel the vibration. And when you can feel it, that it's real, when you've experienced it, mm. then it doesn't matter what other people tell you because it's real for you. Mm. So The Humming Effect is a book where people could learn more about this in depth, but somebody's listening now and they're like, oh, this sounds great. I'm into this. What would you suggest we we do on a daily basis where humming is concerned? Well, I, I would say right now we should do a couple of hums <laughs> to Perfect. help people 
are interested, you know, and they are going, wait a minute, I, I'm kind of into this. But one of the things we do is we do something just very, very simple when we're doing an interview like this, Lee, and we'll do maybe a series of three hums. We'll take some nice, deep, beautiful diaphragmatic breaths, and then we'll do three hums, and then we'll be in silence for just a moment. Don't know if we have time to do all of that right now. We definitely, this would be a beautiful way for us to finish up. And I encourage anyone watching or listening, unless you're in a place where you're listening on headphones and you don't want to hum out loud to join us. But uh, even humming out loud is not bad because most people won't even notice it. But so last thing we do like to suggest that after you get done, even three hums, and most people even notice a little bit difference because they have mm -hmm. never consciously hummed and when they do that it go wow and we of course suggest doing it for about five minutes or even three minutes because that's really what it takes and then being in a state of silence mm -hmm. after that because if you hum for three to five minutes you will get so blissed out that you might get up mm -hmm. and pitch over which is why we say sit and just be in the sound of silence because silence is the yin to the yang of sound mm -hmm. and it's really important it's a whole nother topic, but Andy? What? Well, and just even on a daily basis, Lee, we, we hum, of course, every day, but I would even just recommend people just, it, it's such a stress reduction uh, method. And, you know, even if you can hum for 30 seconds, right. if you can hum for a minute, we like to, you know, even just say five minutes, you really then are able to really shift and change. But if you got a meeting coming up, if you just sit there and you mm -hmm. hum for even three or four times, you will get your heartbeat and your re uh, respiration, your blood pressure going down to almost pharmaceutical levels almost instantly. It's crazy. And even your your vocal resonance. So you know, if ever I'm doing if ever I'm doing sung vocals, I will always do a warm up, and it will always start with humming. But even when if I'm doing a big workshop for an hour or something online, I, and I know I'm speaking, I will do some warm ups, and it's incredible how your voice changes when you've done that. Um, I didn't actually do it before before we got on today, but it's amazing. It is a very calming experience, and I and that's coming from me who does it for a purpose, if you like. But mm -hmm. I love this idea of just doing it anyway. Mm. Well, why don't we just, I tell you what, let's just do a series of three hums. Just three, which is... That will be great. And by the way, I'm going to mute my mic when we're humming because I, the way Zoom works, it might, I want I want people to, to hear your leadership and not me joining in, so... Uh, well, and what we like to suggest, if it feels comfortable to close your eyes, and that gives it a little bit more of a, you know, internal strength, and we close our eyes and we just begin to focus on our breathing, taking a few nice, deep belly breaths, and just releasing ah, anything that you don't need in this moment with a sigh <sighs> and breathing is very important to help our bodies to relax and support our sound so we'll breathe in and out and in a moment we'll start to hum three times Mmm. -hmm. 
And one more. Take a moment and just be in silence for a few moments and let that sound reverberate throughout your body, mind, and spirit. (sighs) And I would just say that for myself, that was a really powerful little you know i felt my forehead my mm. centers there all resonating and lighting up uh, with the uh, sound the intentionality and uh, lee how was that for you what it reminded me of immediately is my body you know that's the thing it's like you sound and suddenly it's like oh i'm a body you know you you feel your body it's like oh it, it it immediately connects you and that's the thing i'm always struck by with any kind of singing or vocal anything it's uh, I feel like I, I get to touch my body on the inside in a way that I'm not usually aware of. You know, it's almost like it's an internal massage mm. that we're actually giving ourselves. And then being able to be in that place of silence afterwards, then you get these really aha moments like, oh, I'm back in my body. Mm. How lovely. You know, so anyway, I hope that that, that was a little touch in a little pearl of 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 wisdom of some sort for so the anybody audience. who's watching this we trust that you tried this because it's uh we're I, we're doing this because it's real and it's powerful and it's a blessing there are a gazillion other sounds that we work with but this is one that everybody babies hum the elderly hum i've taught this to kids to old people and everybody goes wow that's really cool so anyway I think it's beautiful because it's the direct experience that uh, that I think is what we always all need or want or crave and and suddenly it's real. So if for any reason you didn't hum with us in that in that a few moments ago, I encourage you at the end of the show to find a quiet space if you were shy. Uh, you know, maybe there are people in the room, but it's it's uh, it's brilliant. It's very direct. And this this is a really wonderful um also, a, just a really wonderful touch base with with your work on the humming effect. So, mm, thank you very much, Lee, for letting us share that. And it's interesting because we like to say that humming is is a gateway sound. You mm. know how there's a gateway drug. Yes, yes, yes. That gateway yeah. sound. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has just been delightful. Thank you both so much for being here with me today. I have loved it and. I, and I just want to say thank you for your incredible work in the world. And I know that all you were doing was following your compulsion, which is often the way, but the, the, the feel well, compassion, your, well, all your compassion, that too. Um, but the field that you have sown around you. And, you know, as I said, it's been a long time since I first heard your name, your name, Jonathan. And, um, and yeah, so I just salute you both. And, uh, and for anybody who is watching, um, wants to get in touch with more of the work that you're doing, they can find everything at healingsounds.com. Lee, thank you so very much. This has been an absolute delight. 
and a joy. And we really are blessed to have had this experience with you. And thank you for the work that you do. We love your channelings and your music. Thank you. Thank you. And we're just going to leave you with one last bit of wisdom. We heal the planet. We heal ourselves. We heal ourselves. And we heal the planet. We have a choice and we can make a difference. Mm -hmm. Blessings of love and light through sound to everyone. Thank you so much, guys. Lots of love. Hello, I'm Lee. I'm an intuitive and a channeler, and I've been channeling now for 23 years. And the information and the energy that my guides have underscored my life with throughout those years has been very transformative for me. And for those of you who followed my work over the past 17 years or so, I know for many of you too. As I was visioning and doing a lot of deep diving this summer, really talking to my guides a lot through the month of August, they gave me the name Initiation as the name for a series of messages that they want to bring. Initiation will begin on October the 27th and every Wednesday live from this studio I'll be channeling for approximately an hour to 75 minutes. I have asked my dear friend and sound healing collaborator Devor Bozik to create some original music encoded with planetary frequencies, but also frequencies that relate to our body that can run underneath each of the channels. And my guides disease have given us a written message about what initiation will be and what will take place during it. You can find that and all information about this experience on the course page, which is initiation2021.com. In between each of the live broadcasts, I will do a special calibration video that helps us at a human level calibrate to and integrate and absorb what each channeled message will be. This is different to anything I've ever done before. I can't wait to bring it to you and neither can my team. If you feel to be with us for initiation or you want to just get a sense of it, please visit initiation 2021 Com, or use the link below this video to learn more and to feel more and to see if it resonates with you. If so, we'd love to have you with us.